welcome back to new and improved Love at First Contact. Uh, <laughs> joining me, as always, is... Safai. And I am Sam. Uh, so you're probably wondering, new and improved, this doesn't sound any different. Well, we got new mics. We're sitting on our set. Uh, things are coming to Millhouse for the podcast. Um, so this is the one they can't see us yet, right? Yes, and as I've told you a hundred times in prep, you have to look into the microphone, my love. <laughs> I am looking at the microphone. And not get too close, or else it gets too loud. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, uh, just, just to remind you, because I don't think half of that picked up. But, yeah, these new mics are a little temperamental. Uh, we're using a program, too, that allows us to record with two mics, because I'm too lazy and too cheap to buy us an actual uh, voice splitter, or mic splitter, whatever it's called. So, for right now, we're stuck with this, which is not that bad, I'll be honest. The audio has definitely improved probably about a hundredfold from our single mic, uh, which was hard to get right for both of us. So, you know, I, I'm pretty happy with it. We don't have to bang in each other's foreheads anymore. Yeah, if we bend forward, we no longer risk headbutting each other. So it's it's great. Uh, and the set is relatively comfy. Uh, I still have to put a vent in here so that we have heat, but... Yeah, I'm like, it's pretty you know, cold. <laughs> in two months, this won't be an issue. So... Goodness. I was just looking. We have a boom arm above us that I always forget about, and it's coming loose. And at any moment, that could could just come crashing down. So uh, it won't hit us in the head, though. True, it won't. So uh, it's it's our normal episode format. This is uh, sadly the last episode of this format. So <laughs> okay. um, uh, this is the the last episode of audio only, and uh, starting next week with our fiftieth episode slash one year anniversary show. We'll be moving to, to video, and I'll be honest with you, our first video is, is very clumsily done. Uh, we had to use a very crappy webcam because my main camera uh, would not send input to my computer because I have to get what's called a capture card, which I, I didn't think I needed, but I do. And then uh, I put my uniform on inside out and didn't notice until we were on our second podcast of the day. So I just, I just left it in. Um, so just, you know, things to look forward to in our first video podcast. So. I mean, it wasn't terrible. No, and they were really good episodes. Like, the, the content is good. I just look like shit because I was sick, and I'm, I'm still sick. I, again, I feel like any time we record one of these, I'm not feeling well, but this has been pretty bad. But, uh, yeah. But this week, we're back. Uh, this is the first time we've ever had to record an episode twice. Uh, these new mics kind of crapped out on us the first time we did, but... I fixed that, and so we're here to talk about none other than Elementary, My Dear Data. Yes. So, uh, what did you think of this episode, my love? Um, well, given what I wrote down for a rating, I did not like it. Well, I'll tell you, in our first uh, alternate universe recording of this episode, you hated it. Yes, so yes. It'll be interesting to see uh, how is that Is this the, the Sherlock Holmes one? This is the Sherlock, okay. the first Sherlock Holmes episode. Oh, great. So, and you're going to make me watch the second one, aren't you? Only because the villain is important to the rest of the story. Mm -hmm. uh, so, as with all these episodes, it's not the quality of the episodes. It's what the producers chose to take forward and use in future Star Trek. I like the quality. You like the quality of this episode? I like there to be quality. Oh, because I was like, you said you liked quality, the like the quality, and I was like, oh, so so you like the quality of the episode, but not nope. the story. Nope. Okay. <laughs> so let's go ahead and dive in. We've got some questions from you, and then afterwards, I've got some cool information that we're gonna we're gonna reveal to you guys here uh, on episode like forty nine. Don't look at me. Of Star Trek: Love at First Contact. Ah, I don't know. Um, I first question. I already said I already don't like this episode. Yeah. No. This this episode. Is, is the definition of ship in a bottle, um, which is not 
a good definition because they do go to the holodeck and they did build that full street that was a full set they built so uh and they probably still use it in hollywood knowing how hollywood works with sets so uh it's interesting but i like this episode i also like sherlock holmes though and you've never seen sherlock holmes so there's probably a bit of a disconnect there and i imagine if you like sherlock holmes you'll like this episode i mean it's not really like my go-to like i like mysteries but not like that you don't like mystery you like mysteries but you don't like sherlock holmes yeah the greatest mysteries of the mystery genre i like kind of like more spooky-ish mysteries what she says is she likes scooby-doo anyway continuing <laughs> what's your next question i like horror next question um i said i wonder why don't look at my hang on no, there's a, there's no, a no. question what does that say no. what does that question that say? doesn't say crap it says something nope i said next one says i wonder why they like sherlock holmes it's just really good. I mean, it's the best and most enduring mystery genre. You've got to think about that. Like, now that it's public domain, there are more Sherlock Holmes story coming out now than any any other time. I wouldn't know. I, I don't I know. watch it. Well, you watched Enola Holmes. I know that. And that's Sherlock Holmes. Oh, wait, you mean, like, in Star Trek? No, I no. mean, like, in reality. Oh. Sherlock Holmes is a real book. No, I okay, so you're talking about, like, other TV shows. Yeah, like, it's not just okay. TV shows, though. Sherlock Holmes is now old enough, and the original creator is, is, is dead. <laughs> so, and his company, I don't think, exists anymore. So his work is now public domain. Okay. Which means anyone and everyone could write a Sherlock Holmes novel. So... Okay. Uh, that's just how public domain works. And so, like, you know, uh, I think public domain works as if the official creators or the people who own the, the license don't do anything with it for a certain amount of time it becomes public domain and then if it passes a certain age i think it's like a hundred years it becomes completely public domain because i know disney's about to face that with mickey mouse so and they're really yeah mickey mouse is very close to becoming public domain but they do a lot of oh you mean like mickey has to have his own movie uh i don't know if it's that i think it's just a certain age your character becomes public domain because it's part of the historical record or something like that but i'm oh like they can't use like like TV I, and I movie really, productions? Because I'm, I'm like, there's always these knockoffs. I, I I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. Okay. So I just know that Mickey is about to maybe become public domain. I, I don't care. I don't care about Disney. And I, I mean, I'm sure they do because that's their, you know. That's their, their trademark. That's their branding. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in a couple of years with that. Does that happen with Universal too? Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Sorry about that ping, guys. I don't know who pinged me, but somebody did. Uh, but uh, whatchamacallit? Um, yeah, it, you know, funnily enough, uh, King Kong had this issue. Uh, they couldn't figure out if King Kong was public domain or not mm -hmm. whenever they went to make the 2005 movie. And so there was this big rights battle between, like, three different studios and the original studio, which I don't even think makes movies anymore, but they still own the, the book mm -hmm. of the original King Kong because there was a novelization back in 1930. Of course there and was. And so it turned out that RKO, the original studio, owns the rights still. Okay. So they had to, like, Universal had to buy it. And then I guess the book of King Kong is now public domain. So I could write a King Kong book if I wanted to, which I do. I, I would love to work in the King Kong Oh, universe. I know so, you do. Godzilla and King Kong, two universes that I don't seem like I would love, but I do, and I, I would love to write in them. We're so. talking about it because he got me to watch the movie a couple nights ago. Yeah, we watched Godzilla King of the Monsters, the original. <laughs> so give me an idea for a podcast, but I know I can't get you to do two, so no. I, won't even, I won't even bring it up. Well, let's continue your questions. Um, then I said, wow, she is really saying that data, data, data. I mean, technically in context, you're both right. So <laughs> Can't think for himself. I mean, yeah, and that's, that's a continuing narrative, even in reality. I mean, do AIs think for themselves? 
Uh, I mean, aren't they programmed to kind of eventually think for themselves? No. No? But, but programming has nothing to do with it. If you program something to think and to create thought, that's not thinking on their own. Data is not programmed that way. He's programmed to evolve, and he has the systems to do everything humans can do, but he has to kind of unlock that potential within himself, and then he can improve steadily. So she is just fully... I would love to know what Pulaski is up to in the, in the 2400s, and how she reacted to, like, the synth crisis on Mars. Uh, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. So... Wow. Yeah. Um, this I didn't write this down, but this just made me think about this. Uh, did someone, like, in the Star Trek community try to, like, replicate data? You can't. The technology does not exist. I mean, today, people are, are working on, on stuff like this. I mean, there's AIs are con consistently, almost on a weekly basis, improving to the point where they're like data now. I mean, I could I could pull up uh, chat G GPI or whatever and have it write out a speech about why it's, it's going to be sentient one day, which mm -hmm. scares me. It scares me when these AIs are used for f such frivolous shit. You know, there's like a new thing now that like you talk to an AI and it tells you what to do with your day. That's not new. That's been around for years. Well, well, I, I, I think it's like a new trend. Yeah, they're now. sophisticated. That's what I'm I mean, say. but it's like, it's like everything is eventually going to get replaced with AI. Like a personal assistant, an AI could do that. You know, bus driver, AI could do that. Basic jobs, even even my job, sitting behind a counter selling cannabis all day, uh, it's legal. It's I thought legal you were going to say what you were care. doing. I don't care. I'm trying to. Maybe they'll sponsor us if I start talking about. I highly doubt it. I don't know. They might. Uh, but. Uh, when we start doing videos, there'll be a sticker from my company on my computer, so they'll know where I work. I don't. I don't care. I work at the Green Dragon CBD. We sell online. You're in the United States. You want some cannabis? You, you call us. We, all of our stuff's hemp derived. Blah 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 blah. But anyway, um, <laughs> what should we call it? You know, an AI could do my job. You could easily tell an AI all the facts that they told me, and then that AI could easily diagnose someone. So like AI is going to get to the point where it, it's it could be sentient, and then the the argument of data, which is do AIs deserve rights, is going to come into play. But we're we're like a decade from having to worry about that. Okay. I mean, the first AI citizen of a country does exist. Okay. Saudi Arabia, I believe, gave an AI citizen rights, but it's a very 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 low AI. It's clearly programmed to do everything that they do. So interesting. But data, I mean, data was really the first time we saw an android not be either super advanced or super not advanced. Well, no, that's not true. Alien, yeah, alien would have been the okay, first. Okay, we're time. getting off topic. No, we're talking about data. Oh uh, well, androids. now yeah, but first you were just going about AI, which is about data because we were talking about sentience, which led to AI. It's all it's all on top. Okay, I'm just trying to have your mom not yell at us. She's not. We're at ten minutes out of a thirty minute podcast. And you don't have that many questions. Don't look at my questions. Just continue. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Then I said, um, how could the guy, which we now know obviously is the villain of the story, how could that guy like see the computer? Uh, because he became sentient. So when Jordy asked the computer to create an AI that could defeat Data, the computer created a sentient hologram, which I mean, computers will be will be able to do in, in less than a decade, or actually over a decade. A decade from now in hollow technology, holograms will reach a point where they are able to become sentient, and there will be great episodes down the line about uh, because Voyager, one of my favorite Star Treks, the one I'm currently rewatching, uh, whenever we're not watching Star Trek, because I hate to say this, I don't watch the show we're rewatching. So I have not been able to watch TNG, which is killing me. 
Um, but <laughs> so I decided to do a rewatch of Voyager, and I forgot how much I love the Doctor. The Doctor is—is uh, is there a picture of the Doctor on this magazine in front of us that I can point him out? No. Uh, the Doctor is one of my favorite Star Trek characters. He is an emergency medical hologram because Voyager's Doctor dies in the first episode, and they are not able to find a replacement uh, where they are at. And so they need someone who can be a long-term doctor, and so they choose their emergency medical program, which is never designed to run for long periods of time. And because it's running for so long, it begins to develop stuff like singing, dancing, daydreaming, uh, having romantic affairs, stuff like that. He becomes a real person, and that becomes a huge plot point later on of if he deserves sentience, and then there's characters like Vic Fontaine mm -hmm. in Deep Space Nine and, and Moriarty in, okay. uh, in TNG. Okay. Um, then I said, uh, how can a character in a story listen to, wait, wait, sorry, I'm trying to, like, look and talk at the mic. Just, just hold it up. I, I need know. to get you a monitor. But I'm trying to make questions. sure you're not look, stealing my book and I'm not. I have to look forward to it. I'm, I'm more concerned about, like, not looking into the light we use. Okay. Um, well, I mean, okay, I guess this question kind of already was answered by what you said from the last one, but I'm going to say it. How can a character in a story listen to orders from a... Uh, with the computer? Um, because he's sentient, and so the computer recognizes him as a person, and so it, it's able to do that. Now, that raises a question, is could any hologram, uh, hologram, hologram mm -hmm. say arch and have the arch appear? Because I, I imagine it could, um, and I imagine they could walk through and then disappear, and Moriarty, if he walked through that arch, would just disappear and then re-materialize re in the holodeck. Does he not realize that? No. Absolutely okay. not. He does not. I mean, so, uh, <laughs> when, when his mind was programmed and designed by the computer, the computer gave him the knowledge of a like 19th century scientist. It didn't give him the knowledge of a 24th century scientist. So they scientist. just didn't enhance his knowledge? No, because there was no need to. Okay. So he's, he's thinking at first, he's like, oh, uh, there's an aether that is opening up to us, a, another dimension. And then through Pulaski, he's able to determine that, no, he's... He's a construct in a room on a holodeck on a starship. So if the computer was able to enhance its knowledge to whatever century it was then, yeah. uh, would have actually been able to take control of the Enterprise? Absolutely. And I mean, uh, ooh. Uh, let's just say the next Moriarty episode will answer this question. Oh. So there's another Moriarty episode in TNG, and then he is supposedly going to be a major antagonist in, or maybe even a minor. I don't know where Picard season three is going after this last episode this week. I, I think I've said that every episode since Picard premiered, mm -hmm. but I'll be honest with you, I have, I have no idea who the big villain is. I have no idea if the big villain they revealed is the big villain because the villain they revealed before that was a red flag. And now there's another sign that's another red flag. And I, I don't want to speculate where Picard is going because it's so good. Okay. I don't want to know. So it's interesting. Okay. Maybe. Then I said, what is the professor making? He's making a device to control the Enterprise, probably trying to build a computer to control the computer, but he's he's limited to the, the devices of his time. And also, if he steps off, then he dies. Not die, but... Or gets he, regenerated. Yeah, he, like, disappears. Because, I mean, it requires... It's like if we did a projection, and the projection was able to move around this room, and then the projection tried to go out of the room. He couldn't project. So how long would he, like disappear for seconds seconds probably he would literally just like poof and then the computer would move him back onto the holodeck probably. well why can't they just push him get the doctor back and shut it down what do you mean shut it down because they locked him out they tried that remember they tried to turn off the computer and they couldn't yeah yeah they can't because he's locked them out 
he was smart enough to put up safety lines. I mean, beforehand. Well, they didn't know he was sentient until Data figured it out, and by that point, he had already taken over the holodeck. Oh, I thought that was after. No, because by the time they get to Pulaski and Moriarty, it's too late. Like, Uh they have to, like, negotiate at that point, because they can't just say computer and program. Uh Uh-huh. So, it's interesting, yeah. Interesting. And I mean, sentient holograms have shown that they are able to control their own holomatrix, which is basically the data that controls the holodeck. So if he were to continue to function of that holodeck and he eventually learned, he, he could shut down his matrix, he could move to another holodeck. I think the Enterprise D had like two or three. So, I mean, it's crazy what holograms can do. And, and I mean, you know, we'll see that a much, much better than in TNG with characters like uh, the Doctor and, and Vic Fontaine. Okay. Vic Fontaine probably my favorite episodes of Deep Space Nine. Hmm. That's because they are so silly. Um, I say this in an episode, we had a fight recently, as, as couples do, um, and afterwards I, I came down here depressed and I wanted to watch Star Trek, so I watched the first Vic Fontaine episode, which is a romance between two characters um, who you don't think would get together, and it's one of my favorite episodes. It's called, uh, I think it's called Bada Bing? Or no, it's called His Way. All of, all of the Vic Fontaine episodes are either named after Vegas tropes or uh, Sinatra songs. Oh, okay. Because so, he's, he's supposed to... We'll talk about this when we get to Deep Space Nine. God, if I could skip everything and just go straight to season you seven... You literally Deep could. Deep Space Nine, I would. You could have. I gave you the option, madam, and you said, no, let's go in order. No, you oh, did not. No, no, I did. We, we could roll back the tape right now. Do you no. want me to pull up the episode? I'll pull up the episode where you say it. You didn't. It is the when last you episode. Made it. No, no, I, I did. But then when we got to the end of the TOS movies, I was like, okay, so I want to give you an option. Do you want to go straight to TNG and continue doing an order? Or do you want to go to one of the modern series? Do you want to go to one of the other old series? And you were like, no, let's just keep going. And I was like, okay, so we've gotten into TNG. And now we're stuck. We're not changing now. <laughs> so and I'm not giving you that option again. Why are we you have stuck? The because we're, we're half, we're not even halfway. We're not even I halfway. I don't even think that would have cut the time period, right? What do you mean? Of how long we're doing this? No, because Deep Space Nine is also seven seasons. So we would have gotten done of Deep Space Nine. I would have given you the same question. And unless you said, I don't know, Enterprise or or um, or Enterprise, uh, we would have had to do seven seasons. So how long do I have? Until Deep Space Nine? Which is, yeah. So in our rewatch right now, we are on the last episode of season two. Mm-hmm. We are on a very good Klingon episode, which can we watch tonight, by the way? No. Why not? I have homework I'm you. sick. You're supposed to take care of And me. I'm sorry. I'm taking care of you by getting an education and getting a salary. <laughs> anyway, can we watch it tomorrow? No. It's the one where Worf meets his wife. Well, baby mama. No. Fine. Uh, but yeah, so we're at the end of, of season two. And uh, whatchamacallit. We have, after this, we have four seasons left of TNG. And then seven seasons of Deep Space Nine and then seven seasons of Voyager, and then four seasons of Enterprise, and then five seasons of Discovery. And uh, between that, we have one, two, three, four, five, four movies of TNG, three movies of the reboot timeline, and then we have Lower Decks, which is going to be four seasons by then. Then we'll have Strange New Worlds, which will be on season two or three. Then we've got Picard, which thankfully is only three seasons. And then we have Prodigies, which right now is going into season two. And I'm then, sorry I asked. Jeez, there's a lot. Um... And that doesn't like there's stuff being made every year, so like it's hard to keep track. And then if we run out of TV shows in like ten years, we can go to the video games. So no, so there's a lot. There's a lot of Star Trek. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, this is my last question. 
Uh, That's why I wanted to do a long explanation there. Oh my gosh. Uh, I said, he just wants to be a real boy. He really, I mean, he is Pinocchio. That was the first joke ever, ever said about Data. He's Pinocchio. He wants to be a real boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I love is, uh, is oh, I don't want to spoil that. There's a moment between two characters, uh, one of which is very similar to Data from TOS, and he asks Data something along the lines of, why, why do you want to be human? Because I've spent my whole life trying not to be human. And Data says, it, I don't remember what he says, but it's something like, uh, it's because it's, it's what I want to be. And it helps, I think, the other character also accept his human side. So that probably gives away who it is. But, okay. Um, so we'll see him, I think, season four. We're not, we're not horribly far away from Unification Part 1 and Part 2. So... Okay. Yeah, do you know who it is? Can you guess? Half human? That gives it away. No. Oh! I'm doing, oh, I'm doing oh right, I'm doing right, 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 right. We okay. all know who it is. So. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about the whistle, guys. I don't know how that came through the mic, but. Probably loud. Probably loud. Um, but yeah, so Spock. Spock is in an episode of TNG, two episodes of TNG. So, two of my favorites Unification Part 1 and Part 2. Oh, yeah, he did want to not be human. Yeah, he did. And mm-hmm. through Data, I think Data helps him just a, just a little bit, as Data tends to do with everybody. <laughs> Man, do I miss Data. With his Data-ness. I was thinking about that the other day. I was thinking, I've been watching Picard Season 3, and the, the biggest thing I miss is the presence of Data, and, and how much I miss Data. Oh, yeah. He's pretty cool. He is pretty cool. I'm sad he's dead. Damn. Yeah. He was spoiled that. I've told you that before. Uh, <laughs> didn't remember. Yeah, he's dead. Shit. Yeah. He gets to have a kid, though. Shit. And he's got a brother. I think he's got like two brothers actually. <laughs> so he's got three. Wait, he's got he's got one. Did he die old? No, we're actually um, we're we're within we're under we're under eight seasons of Star Trek before Data dies. Oh, I'm sorry, maybe. Yeah, no, it's sad too. It's really sad. I don't like it. It comes out of nowhere too. Like Tasha. Not it's not as bad. His death has meaning. It's not like Tasha. Like we're kind of prepared a bit. There, there is a couple scenes before that prepare you for the inevitable inevitability that Data is going to die. Okay. So, and it will make you sad. So Nemesis, my favorite, my least favorite TNG movie, least favorite Star Trek. It's movie. in a movie. It's in a movie. It's in the last TNG movie. Oh, jeez. So we have a long, long road ahead of us to get there. But yeah. Okay. R.I.P. Data. Well, that's not my question. All right. What did you think of this episode? What's I gave it a four. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so, very low score. But honestly, this is such a filler episode. You know I hate filler episodes. You know, in a, in a coming up episode, our next episode, we talk about how we watched uh, Chaos on the Bridge, mm-hmm. which is a great documentary about the first two and a half seasons of TNG. And, and do you see now that Star Trek gets better? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I am horribly mad at myself that I didn't watch that documentary all the way through before showing it to you, though, because I've spoiled... <laughs> the like biggest thing i've tried to keep from you <laughs> since we started tng and i'm so my mom was blown was it really <laughs> a little bit i literally was like i was walking up and i heard him go i am look who to support and i spun around and i was like no close your ears <laughs> you were like, like, look away. I was, I was like, like, I can still see I was like, close your ears. And then I was like, shit, I've been trying. I was literally the thing I've like, <laughs> worked. I've not watched Best of, Best of Both Worlds within earshot of you. Why didn't you watch the whole uh, thing through? I watched half of it and I was like, oh, they're just talking about season one and two. And then they got to season three and I was like, ah, oh, they're not going to talk about <laughs> it. And I like turned it off for the last 20 minutes. It's pretty big, man. I know, it is. It's big. Yeah. That's how Picard dies, too. No, he doesn't. He does. That's how Picard no, does. No, he does not. Yeah, it is. No, he has a whole fucking oh, show. Shit, that's right. You know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. Stop. 
Stop lying. That's where to me. Uh, that's where um where Troy dies. That's where Troy dies. That's I don't right. believe you. That's where Worf dies. I don't believe you. That's where you can't tell me people are. That's dying where Doctor McCoy dies. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, best of both worlds. That's coming up. We're pretty close to that, so I don't feel too bad. You know about that. That's that's an episode Davy and Anthony are going to come back on for. So okay, they'll be sad that you know, but <laughs> Anthony doesn't know. We get to see Anthony. No, reaction. you got to tell Davy not to let him I listen. Know. He probably already knows. I imagine. No, I feel like he doesn't. I feel like Anthony watches all of all of Trexpert's quiz, so he's had a couple questions, I think, about Lacutus. So, okay, you know, I'm pretty sure Anthony knows now. <laughs> um, you just spoiled it for him. I, I don't think Anthony listens to us. So, oh. um, Davy does though. I know Davy because Davy is our single Patreon subscriber. Well, Davy, don't spoil it for Anthony. Yeah, okay? don't do it, Anthony or Davy. I'm really tired. Oh my. Let's God. wrap this up. Okay, so did you have a favorite character this week, and why is it Data? It's not. It's not. Who's who is your favorite? I told character? you who. I don't remember. It's Gordy. Jordy. Jordy. <laughs> Jordy. I remember because I said in the last episode, Gordy LaForge. <laughs> no, I said Gordy Lamorge. That's our chief engineer, Gordy Lamorge. The, the I like, think it's in the safe that's, too. That's the Wish.com version of Jordy LaForge. <laughs> he shows up and it's Gordy. like Gordy. It's like a Tellerite. <laughs> Why does he sound Italian? Uh, Gordy is an Italian name. I would Gordo. Gordy. There's an astronaut named Gordo. Did you know that? No. Yeah, Gordo. I think. You know, Why would I, I know that? Name. I think that's actually from the show. I watched. You give me so many random facts. Gordo Stevens. I don't think that's his actual name. I think that's a character Aye, from the, the alternate history show I watched. Anyway, uh, that's gonna wrap it up. Oh wait, I've got. I'm forgetting the only part that I'm here for. Uh, my facts. Um, I've got a couple interesting facts about this episode. Um, let's go into them. So this episode idea came, uh, according to Maurice Hurley, came from an episode called "The Big Goodbye," another holodeck episode. Uh, so that is pretty obvious, I would say. It was another episode where Data gets to go in the holodeck. So, uh, and it was a very holodeck-centric episode about the holodeck going amok, and is, is technically the first holodeck episode, and we probably should have watched it, uh, but we didn't. Um, I have a special connection to The Big Goodbye, uh, which we'll talk about next week, because I've already talked about it, and I'm not going to spoil it for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a very, it's a decent first season episode. It's not the best. It's not even the best holodeck episode. Wouldn't put it on my top ten, but it's it's okay. Uh, it's a good mafia episode. It's a good good gangster, nineteen pew pew thirties San San Francisco episode. Uh, clearly, a lot of this episode draws from many Sherlock Holmes novels, and even the creator of Moriarty, our creation of Moriarty, mirrors the creation of the character in the books. Arthur Conan Doyle wanted a character that could defeat Sherlock Holmes because he had made him just a little too powerful, so he created what was basically uh, the evil version of, of Sherlock Holmes, who was equal with him mentally and physically. Um, and the only way for uh, Sherlock to defeat Moriarty was to jump off in a waterfall while clutching him. Uh, so that's that's interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's a fun little Sherlock Holmes fact for our non-existent Sherlock Holmes podcast. Uh, there's a deleted ending where Picard tricks Moriarty to leave the holodeck because Data had brought a piece of paper off the holodeck. It was assumed by the writers that they could have anything walk off the holodeck. Uh, you can't. And so because of that, they decided to cut that ending and change it. But they left in the fact that Data still takes a piece of paper off the holodeck, which makes me think that when the computer creates paper in a holodeck, it's probably not holographic paper. It's probably replicated paper. So they probably actually replicate the paper. So when he drew on that paper, Data was able to take it off the holodeck. Well, yeah, that makes sense because you said like, um, I, never mind. I don't want to spoil it. Never mind. 
Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so that makes a, that raises another question. So like, if you're eating a hoagie on the holodeck and you, you step off into the corridor, does the hoagie disappear, or does the computer replicate a half-eaten hoagie to you to eat as you walk off? I just, imagine like I really want a hoagie. That's why I brought you're hoagies. like biting mid-step and ah, uh, and it just disappears. That'd be so. That's funny. probably what that happens. That is so funny. I know they should put that in episode. Oh my god. Um, I mean, there are, it, it's interesting because they have the replicators, and then when the holodeck is first introduced, it's it's stated that it's not a hologram. That it's the computer like pulling matter out of its stores and actually creating trees and water and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's a little problematic because if you're creating humans out of matter, like there's like a whole ethical thing. Yeah. So they changed it to be photons and force fields. Okay. So, yeah. Well, we got wrapped. I'm cooking. I, I got to check and see if I've got one more question. <laughs> By my count, you still have 20 minutes before your. Food's I don't know. Done. When I went up there, it was like 37 minutes. It was like 45 minutes. No, it was not. Whatever. Anyway, um. Uh, let's see, there's a little more to this. Uh, this was cut for continuity reasons, but mirrors a future episode, dot, dot, dot. It was also cut because Roddenberry thought it made Picard look deceitful, and he did not want Picard to be deceitful. But I would love that. I know, and there's no reason why humans can't be deceitful. They are. We're humans. Yeah. So, but anyway, guys, that is going to wrap up our episode. Shout out to Davey, as we did earlier, uh, for being our patron. Uh, I forget to do that too often. I'm just glad I mentioned you so much. Uh, shout out to our other friends who are not patrons, but we still love, like, uh, Strange New Pod, uh, Trek Time, and Computer Zoom Podcast. Thank you guys. You guys have been awesome um, recently since we've started our advancement into the video realm and to building a website. You all have been really great uh, people for me to copy ideas from. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know what you're mouthing to me. My stomach hurts? Your stomach hurts? Yes. That's bad. We hustle um, the stuff. So I have stomach issues right now, which is what I'm dealing with. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow along, you can head over to Instagram where you can find us at Love at First Pod. That's hashtag Love at First Pod. Or head over to Patreon where you can find us at Love at First Contact. Or if you can't find any of those, just go to loveatfirstcontact.com and click the transporter room and then click Energize on the link you want to go to. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on building a sound effect for that, but I don't know how to do that. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with our one year anniversary episode that really hurt to do to my head yeah i don't know why you did that i don't know either um so one year anniversary plus 50 episodes and then we're back to regular episodes for a while no more specials for until at least april so thank you guys for listening uh we'll be back next week with uh, that episode uh keep boldly going live long and prosper it's warp time okay bye